Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool 1, Aston Villa 0. Good thing we didn't slip up there, huh? Well, we tried to. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. We had, we had many chances before we scored. We had chances after we scored. I'm, I'm starting to have flashbacks to last year when we were clearly out chancing but couldn't finish anything. And because you know I love the numbers, the expected goals were 2.7 for us. So just under three expected goals. And we barely got one. So, so I don't know. With the outcome of the game being in what it was, I'm not sure if this was a good tactic or a bad tactic, but it was clear that on instruction, the Liverpool team played aggressive in the entire first half when I would have thought perhaps they should just tone it down a bit, control the game, be patient. But it almost seemed as if the whole Gerrard coming back to Liverpool narrative was making them insist on blowing Aston Villa away. And it's a good thing it didn't lead to frustration because that could have totally turned into one of those games where Aston Villa scores on the breakaway and then we just can't score back. So you know what the thing is? I I hear you, but I'm starting to wonder if Klopp has realized the difference between this year and last year is last year we we were consistent. The whole game we were consistent applying consistent pressure and all of that. This year we've come out guns a-blazing, gotten a lead, built it, and then had the nice cruise into the end. And maybe he started realizing, you know what? A consistent game the whole way through, you know, maybe let's take our chance. Let's let's push early on, try to get that opening goal. And if we do, the game becomes a lot easier. But do you think that he's the one instructing them to peg down after they score? Or is it something that the players just kind of become a little bit too complacent? Um, I don't, I, I do wonder if it's the, our players or the other team, I feel like other teams play for the tie or, you know, fast break against us where once we've scored, they kind of abandon that. And then they're actually playing. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I wonder why other teams don't try to actually play from the beginning, because I mean, if you looked after the goal, I thought Aston Villa did pretty well. If they'd done that the whole game, might have had a much better chance. And I remember it was Sam Allardyce last season with West Brom that started that. And it was from that point on that our, our, our season kind of disintegrated, where the first half, he was just not interested in having any type of chance in our, in our area. But then in the second half, it was a completely different game. And our players were caught unawares. And that, that tends to happen on occasion now as well. So, for instance, the Brighton game and a few other games where the players are just shocked that, oh, this team can actually play football. What am I supposed to do, right? Yeah, I, I, I like the change of pace as a strategy in general. I think it's actually a good plan. Um, and yeah, you're right. Last year, it worked amazingly against us. We were shell-shocked in the second half when they came out and actually played. So I'm, I am surprised by that, um, you know, that more teams don't do that. The one strategy that I did notice today was it was clear that Aston Villa decided they were going to cover Thiago and Fabinho like hard. They were, they were up on him. They weren't giving him room, all of that. 
And, and that's probably. And... Go, Go ahead. It, I, it was a strategy. And I'll be honest, I was really hoping we blew them out of the water, like five, nothing, because I'm worried if someone comes up with a unique strategy like that and it works, the next teams are going to take it on. Like last year when the, the, they started to realize that just pack the box with, you know, 50 players and we're not going to be able to score and everybody started doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm, I suspect that I, I, I prefer when we do come up against these types of tactics because, and, and then also have a hard time um, countering them because it seems to give Klopp more intentionality around how to counter them, right? In training, because again, he, he trusts his team so much to just play, play them, play their way out of tough situations. And, and if we're winning every game three, four, five nil, then I think he just lets them continue playing that same way. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this game is a little bit tough and, and I, I hope he, he also took note of that. Yeah, I, I would agree. And uh, again, this is actually, a, it, oh. But here's the thing. This was only tough because we didn't finish gimmies. You know, like... Why didn't we? Man, a three-on-one. I'm sorry, like, you should do push-ups on the field for missing that. I I don't even know what to say. Like, that was just an embarrassing... I, 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 we didn't even get a shot. It, it, it's kind of reached a point with me now where whenever we have a three-on-one, I'm not expecting us to score. Versus I know, eh? three seasons ago, I would expect us to put it away every single time. But now I'm 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 already ready for the moment where Mosala either chooses to shoot or chooses to pass and passes right into the defender. Right? Yeah, I mean, chooses Mosala whatever the wrong one is. Right. <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. To be honest, I I, I think they're just trying to overcomplicate things or. It's not sticking to instruction. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm lost on that one. Uh, one, uh, one complaint I will make about today's game, and I know I, I do make it uh, not as regularly as before, but I, I wasn't in love with the, the refereeing today. Um, I, I thought that early yellow for, uh, for Van Dyke. I don't know if you're getting pushed down and you fall the direction you're apparently getting pushed or sorry, you fall against the direction you're getting pushed, right? If someone pushes you back and then you fall forward, I can kind of tell you're faking it. Um, so I don't know in, in terms of the numbers, I was blown away. So um, we had, uh, what was it? 13 fouls called on us. 13 fouls and they only had six and none of those six of course were the four times in the first half hour the four times our player was pulled down in the box so you know one of them was Robbo I think two were Mane one was Van Dyke um I, I, I don't know I can I can understand why he didn't call them individually they weren't they weren't egregious fouls but I mean at some point man you just can't keep pulling guys down in the box and my comparison will be uh, Cristiano Ronaldo today got a penalty shot being pulled down in the box, running towards a ball. He didn't even have the ball. And it was the right call, but they're clearly giving it. So give it. 
so on that note, what do you think the difference is between what Ronaldo does when he's pulled down in the box and what our players do? I mean, I think Ronaldo will get the benefit of the calls more than Mane because apparently, I, I, I don't know, Mane has offended every referee who's ever existed because he's never getting a call. Um, I I honestly don't know. I just like, like even Van Dykes, he was, it, it wasn't horrible, but like at the very least, go talk to the player. Like once it's happened for the fourth time in half an hour, then you just give it. Right, like old school refereeing, and I know I, I've said this before, is after an accumulation of calls, even if it's not that egregious, you give it. And I think the and now between the way we play and the way most other teams play is the players when they're in that position, they're honestly not looking to be fouled. They're honestly looking to continue playing and having a shot or passing or whatever. Whereas other teams the players, for the most part, are looking for that opportunity to 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 get called for a penalty, and I, I think that fundamental difference impacts the way the the play um, comes across in in the referee's eyes. And they, so for instance, with the Ronaldo thing, it's almost impossible for a referee not to give that foul. But with us, because of the way that we're playing, we're not even worried about the defendant. All of a sudden, we're being held back. It doesn't come across, or it, it comes across in a way that it, it allows the referee to use his discretion, right? And so I, I, think I would agree. We're, we're just a little bit too honest. So I would go with stupid. And again, well, because think about it like this we were pulled down five times in the box today, at least that I could count. Four of them was exactly what you were saying, is we weren't looking for the call. And the fifth one, Salah was looking for the penalty shot. He knew he wasn't going anywhere. Right. He strategically put one foot and then the other. And you know what? That's the right thing. When you know you've got a guy by a half step, you step in front of him and make him take you down just by running. And he did the right thing. And he got the penalty shot and we won the game because of it. So frankly, I think we need to start doing that more. Because to your point, I think every other player is doing it. But I think it's... Yeah, I think it's even more than that. I think we find ourselves in the penalty box so many more times than other teams do. So so um, let's just take away the the three times that they didn't call the foul. If the only incident was the, the penalty that we had in the second half, it will be comparable to Manchester United. But then we, we have our players in the box so often in, in opportunities that um, other teams wouldn't have their player in that position to even give the referee something to think about. Right. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. if that made any sense, but it, it's so. If anything, it's a compliment to the way we play. Um, if if a comparable foul occurs, we will get the penalty. But I think we have to accept that because we're in the penalty area so often, um, there will be a lot of fouls that are not. Well, but then the the that's actually proof positive of what I'm saying. Statistically, the longer you're in the box, the more penalty calls you're going to get. That right. that's simply a statistical fact. It doesn't matter how you play or not. It's just being in a certain position often enough, you're going to get a call. And so the fact that we get less calls than a team that's not in the box as much as us means either we're not getting the respect, we're not playing for that play, something. And and honestly, I think they need to figure it out. And and I mean, I think you saw it today. Uh, what was his name? Ashley Young. 
like, I mean, by the hundredth time that he went down and stayed down, I would have just given him a yellow for simulation. Like it's enough. Honestly, he got tapped on the foot and went down like he was shot like five separate times. And I'm just no, honestly, know, I'm tired of that. But and, that and we don't do that. Right. What's the alternative? You know, so when, when, when we got the penalty, like you said, Mosala wasn't going anywhere, right? But when we are actually in the position where we have an opportunity to score, do you want us to, to be looking for the penalty instead or to actually yes. try to score? No, look for the penalty other time. Okay, so that's... Well, we had a three-on-one and didn't score. So obviously the penalty shot's a better... Uh... <laughs> okay, so that's, okay, so that's a coaching thing. It has nothing to do with the refs, right? Uh, to coached, some degree. We're, we're, we're being, being coached, coached to, to score. It's true. To score, exactly. Whereas other teams... They're also being coached to score, right? But they, they don't have as many scoring op- clear scoring opportunities as we do. So they don't often find themselves in those positions. And whenever they do, they're more clinical than we are and they put the ball away, right? Yeah. We, we, we take the extra touch and then the defender suddenly has to pull us down or hold us back. Yeah. Right. The, other, the other complaint I have, and this isn't referee related, is the corners. Like, so we had three corners against us and on all three corners, they were jostling with uh, Allison. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like this idea that you can, you know, play uh, bumper cars with the keeper. I just think if, if, you know, the ball's in the air and, you know, the keepers hasn't moved yet and you touch him, immediate foul play over, like they just need to, to make that a, a hard and fast rule. Cause it's clear this has been identified. Like, you know, because Allison has made a mistake or two on corners. And so they're like, okay, just bother him and he'll make a mistake. And it's, you know, that you have no reason to be running into the keeper before like the ball gets there. Um, right. The other one is our, our corners. We had 11 corners. Can you remember one good chance? Actually, I can remember one. Allison had one decent header that was stopped, but we're... Allison. Sorry, uh, Van Dyke. Okay. <laughs> no, Allison is unstoppable when he's corner when he's uh, yeah. heading a corner. Um, Van Dyke had one decent chance, but one out of eleven, man. Like, yeah, it's it's um, it's it is actually kind of ridiculous. I I almost hope that my theory is correct and we're playing for the second phase because whenever Trent or Robo take corners, I mean, there's just no point even expecting a goal. No, we're well, here's the thing. I know we play for the second phase, but did you notice today that Salah was in the box? He wasn't just outside the box where he usually is to wait for that second phase. Yeah. So, oh, well, what are we doing? And the other thing is I have noticed, and it's clear when, you know, Simikas takes that shot or the, the corner, it's flat, hard, and definitely more dangerous. So I don't know if, are you telling me we're playing for the second phase with Robbo and Trent, but not with Simikas? Like, I don't think so. I, I, I don't know. It's honestly, it's just gotten embarrassing to me. Like, what's the point of corners if we can't do anything with them? So the funny thing about corners is that every team actually complains about them. Right. And complains like that they don't do enough. Yeah. (laughs) So I wonder, is is there actually a team that is very happy with the way that they, they master the corners looking at the stats here. We've, 
Manchester City has had 142 corners this season. We've had 126, and then Chelsea 102. That's the the top. Well, I mean, Man City doesn't have a scorer on their squad either. So, but keep in mind that we've scored. When you look at those numbers, right? So the lowest is Everton with 58. And how many how many goals have they scored in the league? Lowest is Everton with 58? 58 corners. And they've only scored, let's see, 19 goals, right? Actually, that's that's not a bad... Well, I mean... Well, we but you don't know how many, many of those are from corners. From corners, yeah. But my point is, we've had 126 and we've scored 45 goals in total, right? Yeah, and, and so like one of them of from those, a corner. Probably one from a corner, yeah. <laughs> so that is pretty... Makes you wonder, what is the purpose of corners? In fact, when I was watching the Man City game earlier, I was even thinking that it's almost better to give them a corner than a throw-in because, you know, y- you don't want them to retain possession. Off a corner, it's, it's hit or miss what happens, right? But Well, no, there are some teams, like those lower, lower mid-tier, bottom-tier teams, who they've got, you know, they don't yes. have the most skilled guys in the world. They have tall guys. That's and their whole game is predicated on corners. Agreed. And they do score. And that's what burned us, if you remember, last year. We got burned a few times on crosses and corners because of those tall guys. And even this season on, um, was it Brent Brentford, right? Maybe it wasn't corners. Maybe it was free kicks, but two set plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, have the, I have the game on in the background as we're talking and I'm watching their corner. And yeah, they're just hassling Allison. They're like, you know, bumping into him before the ball's even kicked. It's, so I know that every season they change the rules. Um, I don't know where they are now, but in the past, they would always call in, in favor of the goalie. But I mean, like, make it make it egregious. Like, basically, the guy's about to kick, and you bump into the goalie, foul, kicks over, we're not even taking it. Like, like give it a season of something that obscene where everybody just stays away from the keeper. And then maybe we'll get back to like a normal thing where, you know, if, if you recall, there were some games where they piled like three, four guys around Allison to block him from getting anywhere. Right. Like, I, I and again, that's, that's, it's a strategy, but that's not football. So anyway. Oh, and the other one is we need to teach Robo to shoot. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I mean, at least he had a header on target. He did. But I, I, I don't know. Like, is it, is it like, I mean, he's okay at crossing. You would think he'd at least be able to cross it into the net or something. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I don't recall Simicast hasn't had that many, many opportunities, but he seems to have a decent shot. But I know Moreno was really good. That was one of the characteristics. He was character, a threat. Characteristics, yeah. yeah, that we had. But I don't know. Robbo cannot shoot. And he's, he's, it's weird. Like, it's at the point where he clearly knows he can't shoot because he's got it on his left foot. Or he's, He's got it on his left, ready to shoot. 
And then he like makes a deke to put it on his right where he can't shoot. And it's like, you had the room, you had it on the right foot. Like what's wrong with you? It's just, it's just bizarre to me, but the other guy I did want to talk about too. I was, I seems like we're going through all the players is Allison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was pretty special today yeah, and not special in the usual Allison way. Yeah. Whatever side of the bed he woke up on. That's, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, it was, was kind of comical, actually. The first was a slip, and then he was swinging in the air. Which I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he slips. It's nothing you can do about that. But that kind of set the tone. Is that case, it'll be one of those days. Yeah, you know what? And I texted you right away. I'm like, oh man, this is one of those. Like, you could feel it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, again, it's you know, credit to I think it was Matt Tip and the other the the defensive, you know, getting back to help him out so that was great but i mean in a one nothing game ugh, you don't really want him doing that too much yeah i know this was a kind of game where i just wanted to hoof it out don't overthink uh, the passing well maybe i guess do you want to chalk it up to the weather i mean it looked like it was horrible there for the slip yes but for like the one where, where he kicked it right into Matip and it went back and forth, back and forth. And then... God. And I, you know what? I saw that, that coming was, too. He fouled Danny Ings, didn't he? Wasn't that a penalty? No, 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 no. So here's the thing. I would be fine if you called that a penalty if you'd have given us the other four. After you didn't give us those four, you simply cannot... Because there was as much contact on those four as there was on that one. Okay, so that's that's exactly my point, right? So... If that was Ronaldo, you know he would have made sure that that was a penalty, right? Yes. Whether it's his facial expression, the way he falls, whatever. Because Allison touched him. He brought him down, right? But Ings was not. A, Ings was trying to score. He's not interested in looking for a penalty, right? Because If that had been Ashley Young, yeah. the way he was playing today, I could have believed that he would right. have gotten a call. Exactly. Danny Ings, he, he, he's one of ours, right? So he... He, he probably ha- has that Klopp influence of, you know, just be a nice guy and play football. Because he didn't even complain to the ref or anything. But on the replay, it, it was clear that Allison didn't get the ball and it looked like he touched him. And I've seen them called, right? So. Again, I think if the ref had called that having not called the other four. That would have been a problem, right? That would have been like... It would have been very difficult to justify that in any way. That would have been beyond egregious. I mean, the ref, I don't know, he he fell for some flops. And then there were other flops that he clearly knew were flops. It was odd. I don't know why some he fell for, some he didn't, when they were all basically the same flop. Um, that was weird. And then it took him until the second half to start... To, to talk to um, the Villa goalie about time wasting, which even the commentators were like, well, he's been doing that all game. So <laughs> why are you picking now? So I, I don't know. I felt he wasn't necessarily the most consistent. And I didn't really understand. I think he was trying. I just don't know what he was really thinking. Yeah. But I mean, well, I guess the other one to talk to, um, which <laughs> I'll be honest, I forgot he was even playing for periods of time. I won't even tell you who. Who did I forget? Who did you forget was even playing for periods of time? Uh-oh. 
Ox? Of course, Ox. <laughs> he had one shot that was just off. And then he had another one that was perfectly lined up and he decided not to shoot, which was weird. But other than that, I just... <sighs> so I go back to what I've said about Ox for the past couple seasons. I don't know what his position is. And I don't think he knows and I don't think Klopp knows, right? So he he's played the last four, five, six games in, in, in midfield for us. Some people say he's he's looked good. I think he's looked okay. And suddenly he's now playing in the Firmino role, right? I, I mean, it, it's at some point it's not right. Yeah, like what I would say is... Why not just put Minamino there or Origi, right? Why? Well, Origi's injured, I think. Oh, was he? He wasn't even on the bench? Okay. Well, I, I don't know if he was on the bench, but I remember that he wasn't at practice. He was injured. He had a knock, yeah. Um. Yeah, he wasn't on the bench. So... The, the one that I will say is, I don't think he was great in the midfield. Anybody who said he was great in the midfield is fooling themselves. Yeah. What he did great. do in the midfield was something that he can't do as a forward, which was when the drive. man was coming up to press, yes, he could get by one guy and then drive. And you right. just can't do that as a forward. And I thought his most effective tool was the deacon drive. And putting him as a forward, he just loses that. He doesn't. You know, there's there's no place to do that. So, uh, I guess you know Klopp was looking to spread the minutes because we have a tough schedule. Um, no, not that we have a tough schedule. Everyone has a tough schedule, but there's just a lot of games, so you need to give them time. But I mean, mm-hmm. to your point, would Minamino have done worse? Exactly. I I suppose the only thing Klopp. On the one hand, he really trusts his players, but then on the other hand, he really doesn't trust his players, right? And he just tends to trust players that have been playing for him consistently in the last month or so, right? So Ox has now been in the game in the team um, for various reasons, primarily due to injury, for the last four, five, six games, right? So he trusts him. Minamino hasn't, and he doesn't trust him. But he hasn't like, looked I, good, like Ox, regardless of anything else. You simply can't deny he's been giving the ball away a lot, and 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 that that's that's my main issue with him, and that's why I don't think he works in a club team, because when he loses a ball, he he gives the ball away, he loses the ball, he doesn't track back, right? It's as if okay, that's somebody else's problem, and he, he's a good enough player to build a team around him to compensate for that, but not in this team. Yeah, like if you take him and you put him on like a Wolves team or something. Yeah, and then you, you tell other players, okay, Ox's responsibility is to take risks and you have to cover for him yeah totally fair but we we don't play like that yeah i i think you're right it's he doesn't know what his position is because Klopp doesn't know what his position is and i think it really comes down to his his individual skills are not not really what we as a team use no it's I don't know. Like yeah. I, I do like him. I think he's he would be good, but just in a different team. Yeah, if kind of like Joe Gomez, if we can find the right spot for him, whether as a backup or first team, whatever. But if if we can find a position and make and he make that his own, then yeah, he's he's a great person to have in the squad. Um, I wonder. I wonder if the money position might be the closest where we can yeah. afford his you know his skill set 
I would see him closer in the Mane role than in the than in the Firmino role. In the middle, yeah. Yeah. You know, because he could he could cut in off the wing. He's got some moves. He can get past the man. Right. And then he'd have Robertson or Costas um, covering for him. Yeah. And but, boy, does does Robbo just move and run and Yeah, he 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 must have had an oil change a couple of games ago because now yeah I know eh back to the rubble we we all remember the the honestly getting Costas like resurrected his career absolutely I think it was that like because the other thing is it's not just that I what I noticed is like when Aston Villa put a guy out wide to basically cut off his run he was just totally out of ideas that that run down the wing is his game that's it he doesn't really have much more. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he does it well. Yeah. Anyway, it's... Uh, so we've talked we've talked negatively about loads of players. There was some good. I thought the back line looked pretty good. Except Van Dyke is still just too casual. I mean, I know that's his game, but... Yeah, I, I remember I said a few podcasts ago that one day when I have the time, I'm going to go back and watch his first couple seasons for us and see, is this just how he's always played and now I'm paying more attention because he's coming back from injury or because the rest of our team is not as good or is he legitimately becoming more casual? So this is what my memory is, is he was always conservative in energy, in expending energy. I would, I would say that way. So, but I think he's now gotten to the point where he's refined the energy conservation too much, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't want to call him lazy because he's not lazy and he can kick it into high gear and smoke guys. But, you know, like when that, that foul that he had towards the beginning against Ashley Young was, was he was just too casual about it. And then when we played the Wolves and he, um, you know, he lost the ball to Triore in the corner. That was just, I mean, he had a beat, right? He knew what he was doing. He just was getting too cute, too casual. And, and that's where we, that's where we paid. So I wonder, I wonder if his injury combined with his age means that we're not going to ever see that other Virgil again. Maybe this is now the new Virgil where he's not, a, he, you know, he is like, he, I think he used a great word. He, he he is now working off refined a refinement of of his defensive skill set. So, I I would say yes. I don't think we'll ever see the old Virgil again. But I bet you. And again, I think because he's a class player, I bet you he will take stock in how he's playing and say, okay, so I'm I'm not upping my gear when I need to every and time he, yeah and and i don't think it's because he's getting slower because he's old or the injury slowing it down i i think he, there's probably a conscious decision where he will probably tell himself okay i'm going to play it at a slower pace and learn to play smarter well i mean that's if nothing else a a preservation technique yeah right because he does have to learn how to you know he's he's not going to be this fast and and these reflexes for the next five years 
Right. You know, he's going to slow a bit. That's just natural. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's clear he's learning how to, how to handle that. But I, I wonder, and I guess I'm, maybe I'm just being hopeful that he's going to figure out, okay, you know what? I've dialed it back a little bit too much. Let's, let's go the other way for a bit and, and, you know, try in more situations as it were. Um, and uh, until he finds that balance, because I, I think when he started with us, he was, he maybe recognized there were some situations he didn't need to try as hard. And so, Especially you know, when he was playing with Gomez, because Gomez oh, also had the pace. When he was playing with Gomez, you could very much see, like you could, you could see him literally see him calculating. Yeah. Gomez has this. I'm good. Like you could, you could literally see the pace calculator going in his head. <laughs> so I don't know, like as much as I like Matip and Matip's great, I do think that Gomez was a good partner in the way that it, it eased and compensated for Van Dyke's you know, relaxed, casual play. And if I'm not mistaken, they haven't played once together this season, have they? They have not. Yeah. And that's mostly because Gomez has become Van Dyke's um, backup on the left-hand side. So, it yes, but I can give you a conspiracy theory if you want. Okay. Which is, if if Gomez was played... Say he started Gomez and Van Dyke in a game together. He might have to start them the rest of the season together. Because it, it's undeniable they had chemistry. It's undeniable they knew what they, each one was doing. And they snuffed out threats in a way that we're not seeing right now. So if we were playing, I don't know, in one of those games where, you know, it's all about the counterattack. And literally every single counterattack is just like gone like magic. Then Klopp might be forced to play Gomez, you know, as his main partner. And I think he values what Matip brings more. Maybe. It's just a wild I mean, theory. I, yeah. I suppose this season, at least, Klopp would always have the excuse of, I can't play Gomez every game. That's true. And and he quite, quite frankly, he shouldn't play him every game. He shouldn't play Van Dyke every game either. Yeah, that one is interesting. Um, I, 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 I think that goes kind of back to how Van Dyke plays and the trust that he has that he will not push it. Maybe it's, it's in fact, maybe it's even the coaching staff and and the medical team telling him just to play a sixty five percent. Don't worry yeah. about feeding. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's that's possible. I again, I have the game in the background. I'm at the I'm at the play where um, Young got. Uh, uh, elbowed by Van Dyke in the face and then took two seconds to go down because he realized they'd lost the ball. I, I don't know. I'm honestly, the more I've been watching and not just Liverpool games, but you know, other games this weekend and, you know, before that, I like the rule that they have in hockey and in the NHL where after games, if a guy has egregiously dived, they give a, a fine. In this case, I think they should give a, a penalty uh sorry a, a a yellow card if it was an egregious dive that you okay you fooled the goalie congratulations for you fine but then you get a post-match yellow and those you know accumulate until the end of the season and you know once you have i don't know how many you miss a game and i i think that would be a deterrent for this kind of stuff 
Klopp was on the sideline going crazy over it. Hmm. Awesome. Can I ask, why am I so amused and I love it so much when Klopp is going crazy? Is it because we love the passion? What is it? I, I, yeah, I think, I think we just, yeah, we just like seeing some type of character, you know, some type of emotion on the sidelines. Um, I love the Everton game. There was a clip that showed, I think after we scored one of the goals, one of the four that we scored, um, he was really excited that he looked at Benitez and, and just kind of toned it down out of respect. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that yeah. one where he was doing the fist pump and then he stopped. Yeah. And then he, yeah. So you, you can totally tell he can't control himself and he's admitted no. himself that he really, he, he doesn't understand why he can't control himself. Well, I think we all remember him running out onto the field to embrace yeah, exactly. Allison. <laughs> and then he said he'll never do that again, but he can't, he can't help it. <laughs> he will. I mean, anybody who thinks he won't do that, he absolutely right. will. Um, anyway, I just, I just love him going crazy. Uh, what did, way, you did you of- know that Ashley Young is older than James Milner? No. No, 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 no. that's not possible. <laughs> he is. No. I mean, a lot as well. the name threw me off. Obviously, it should be Ashley, not Young. <laughs> but no, he's 36. He's 36. That's pretty incredible. Well, I mean, it does explain his extremely um, savvy um, mm-hmm. um, um, ground game. I don't know what you call excessive diving. <laughs> Plus, he just came from Italy as well, so he, oh, so he got a he he got a he lesson got in how to yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wow, I didn't realize he is. He's more than a year older than him year and a half older wow good for him i wasn't that at 36 let me tell you (laughs) so here's a question that i got for you so you know i love to look at my uh my stats i look at so i look at sofa score i look at who scored and i look at their ratings on players they're usually pretty similar uh worst player on our team was ox obviously not a surprise both of them agree the one player they don't agree on was tiago so sofa score actually says Tiago was the worst player for us. Really? Yes. Well, he had the lowest score. And which was what? What was the lowest score for him there? 6.5 and okay. Ox had a 6.6. 6. Okay. Whereas yeah, I mean whereas on um who scored Tiago had a 7.1 and as an example Hendo got a 7.0. Which Hendo got a 7.0 on both. So my question to you is, what did you think of Thiago today? I thought he, I thought he was fine. I'm, I, I have no problems with him playing that kind of game because it, it's, it's still a step up from Genie in that there are a lot of games that we play well where you don't really notice that Genie was playing, but he certainly is playing, playing a role in, 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 in intercepting, being the pass before the pass before the pass before the goal kind of thing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, I, I thought he played fine. He didn't have any wild moments, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't know why they rated him so badly. I guess I'm looking at the statistics here. He won, uh, seven of 17 duels. So that's probably a big part of it. And he gave the ball away 19 times. Yeah, he was a little bit more. 
well, I'll, I don't want to use the word wasteful, but I can't think of another word. But you know what? I see I see the wasteful thing, but then I also see like he did give the ball away sometimes where he was trying to thread a ball. Yes, exactly. And, and if it doesn't do. come off, then okay, we're going to run and get the ball back. If right. it does come off, we may score. Yeah, so it's a exactly. pretty good trade. Yeah. It's not like he's dribbling and then loses it like Ox, right? Yes. That one is much worse. Right. Because all of a sudden you've lost the ball, you're not running back, and now they have a counter. Yeah. Whereas, so it's interesting. So, um, uh, so, for, so who scored rates it differently. So to them, it's not just about giveaways. Um, like it is for a sofa score, he was dispossessed three times. So essentially what it means is mm. he, they took the ball off him only three times, which means on this one where, where possession was lost three times, he lost possession because they took it from him and 16 times he lost it from trying to make a pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which kind of explains the difference. And, and I got to be honest, I'll take that every game, especially oh, yeah. when the team is sitting deep and we need some creativity to try to break them down and we need that really good pass. Absolutely. I mean, you either ask for Tiago to do it or you get uh, Matip to make more of those runs. <laughs> he, he needs to shoot at some point. Oh, if, if... Just for the fun of it. You know what? What they should do is they should just be like, what is your best shot? What is your shot that will look the most impressive? And tell him whenever he's in the position to take that shot, take it just to terrorize the other team. And from then on, they'll have to play him to shoot because they're clearly only playing him to pass. Yeah, because in in previous seasons, he's always kind of made that run to the halfway line and then he'll stop and pass it back. But I don't know if it's because other teams are just allowing him to continue running because they're covering other players or if he's being a little bit braver. But um, I mean, it's not a fluke. He used to play midfield in Germany. Right and and, and uh-huh. I still think that him and Gomez could be good backups for Fabinho. Worst case, you know, in, in case anything happens. No, please, please. I've had last year. I had my fill of guys playing out of position. <laughs> please, for the love of God, I don't want to. There see was that. a point. There was a point about a month ago where we were we 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 were close to having to make that kind of decision where we had like two hundred defenders and two midfielders. So it's true. But it looks like I will agree back now, which is good. <laughs> the the one I'm waiting for is Elliot. I, I want him back so badly. Yeah. And Jones, I don't know what's going on with his eye. That's to your point. The, 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 it is kind of concerning that it's taking so long. Yeah, like like everybody, you know, you get a shot to the eye, okay, it heals. But if it takes this long, I worry that he'll he'll be compromised, he'll lose a bit of vision, something like that, and that would be horrible. And they haven't really said anything about it. Like I, you know, they just say he's not ready. Oh, he's back in training, but they're not really saying exactly what it was. It's similar to to Gomez's knee, right? And look where that got, right? They didn't say much about the knee and it turns out it was worse than uh, Van Dyke's. The only thing I'll I'll say about Jones is he was at a game and he probably was at a game today, but I didn't see him on camera, but I saw him at the, one of the last few Anfield games that we had and he was chatting you know, he looked his regular self. So at least I, we know he's not like somewhere with an eye patch kind of recovering. So hopefully it's just a matter of time. Yeah. I'm, hopefully. 
I hopefully I I don't know. I'd love to see him in the in the midfield because I think he's the future of our midfield. Him yeah. with uh, with Elliot is the midfield of the future for us. I think so. Yeah, and I mean, and the sooner I, he comes back and plays and gets Klopp's trust, the better for all of us because things could totally get to a point where he's out on loan and we sell him, just like that, right? It's possible. It's wrong. Yeah. So well, you know, we do know Klopp thinks incredibly highly of him because. Yeah. Because they've worked hard to make sure his head doesn't get too big. So that tells you how, how highly they think of him. Right. So That's hopefully, true. hopefully they, they would never sell him. But my worry is it gets to the point of like Neko Williams and, uh, and Samika's last year. Where finally they're good, they're fit, they're in training, everything. And Klopp's just like, yeah, you're not in rhythm. I, I may have played Robertson like, you know, every game, every minute. I'm still going to keep doing it. So yeah. I, I hope he gets back in time to be able to, like, especially now, because we need him to be able to get some time in so that Klopp gets the feeling, okay, he's in rhythm, I can play him. But yeah. that would be a great midfield because the other thing is, so, I mean, it'll be Fab as the holding midfielder. And I actually think Fab's got a lot of longevity in that position because I mean, he's so slow. <laughs> it's not like as he ages, he's going to lose that, <laughs> right? He's he's not going to speed up. He's definitely not going to get any slower. So in that sense, I mean, I think he could probably play into 30, mid th- not mid-30s, but early 30s. And Morton's looked okay. Give him a bit of time. So that might be our midfield. As long as we stay with Klopp's system after he leaves. But anyway, that's that's going a little too far. But anyway, so let's let's talk player of the game. What did you think today? Hmm. I might have uh, to go with Matip. Not because he did anything spectacular, but I don't really know who else stood out. Or well, I don't know who stood out. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I don't I don't know that anyone was great he's the only one i can think of who i don't recall making any, any glaring mistake <laughs> uh, except well and that wasn't his fault when he smashed into allison but yeah no allison should have cleared that out differently that was clearly not him um i don't know i thought trent uh not trent sorry robertson looked good robertson too I guess um, I'll go with Robertson because maybe because I'm I'm just I kind of expect that of him now, so which is not fair. You know what I will say is I thought today and and not just today. I think it's clear in the last few games we've seen he's been getting in the box more. Yes. So it's not a simple clear. He's he's getting in the box more, and not just that. He's also working the uh, the play with with Mane, where Mane yes. plays him right down to the to the. Uh, to the touchline yeah yeah and and they played that a few times today it's looked it's looked really dangerous and yeah and, and aston villa was lucky that they didn't get burned and and there was a period where we used to do that all, all pretty much every game in our in our epl champions league winning seasons if you recall that was one of our most effective weapons money and robinson on the left there to all the way so to- I remember them being so absolutely they were 
I remember at that time liking them more than Alexander Arnold and Salah. Yes, right. Um, but what I don't it, remember is I don't remember that play to the touchline. I feel like that one's new, but maybe I've just forgotten. And in fact, if you think about it, and I think I mentioned this last 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 podcast, if 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 we could highlight one miss one issue in our team in the past 18 months well okay i guess it's three players I, 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 I one, say- one issue is our defenders last year how about that but go on well really it's it, the left hand side Manny and robertson has not been effective yes for whatever reasons fatigue covid defense whatever the reasons but we've lost that and that it's completely disrupted our entire team yeah, agreed. Right, because it's it's just like it, it, it's toothless, right? But it's interesting because it's clear Robertson has come back to his old form now. And that side is looking dangerous again. Yeah. and Mine is not looking great, but, but, but you can the left wing is looking dangerous. Yeah, he's even though he's not looking great, he's still looking as dangerous as he used to. He may not be scoring as much, but... Was he ever really a pro- prolific scorer except for that one season? Probably not, right? No, he really wasn't. He was. Yeah, he, he was. He was. He was always had. You know, he take weird shots and he miss open nets, right? So he was more threat than finish. Yes, right. Exactly. And and but it was the threat that did enough to open up the rest of the field. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, so are we saying that? that the key to Mane is the left back position <laughs> <laughs> kind of feels like it. Cause he looked good with the uh, Samikas too. Although he clearly has more chemistry with Robertson. When Re- Robertson is on and, and when Robertson is on attack minded, then yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go with Robertson. You went with Matip. I got to say, I love those runs. I wish he would do them more. Um, but I mean, either way, uh, a, a close one, I'm still, I'm still seeding about the three on one, but I guess you're right. I shouldn't, we're at the point where we just don't score on those, but, uh, I mean a good win today and, uh, on to Newcastle, which, uh, hopefully should be a little bit of an easier game, uh, on Thursday. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the forensic website.